Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I'm sitting in an Orlando hotel room as I record this podcast. It is absolutely pouring down outside. You may even hear some thunder as I talk, but it's beautiful. I wish I could show it to you, but it certainly has turned my mind to some of the storms happening in our society today. And I want to talk to you in particular about one economic concept that I think is not serving us well. You you heard in the recent election and you hear a lot in our politics. In fact, you've heard this ever since the Occupy Wall Street movement, uh, that the top 1% of earners in our society are somehow corrupt, are somehow part of the problem, uh, are somehow deforming our society. This was definitely what Bernie Sanders said in the recent election. This was said often during the Occupy Wall Street movement that became so popular and got so much attention. And it is often echoed by people who are just repeating what they've heard and in some cases have not heard thought it through all the way. Well, I want to tell you that that one of the great dangers in a society is when wealth and the accumulation of wealth is resented and seen always as the result of corruption. Now, let me say very clearly before I go any further, or I'm going to sound like somebody justifying every kind of economic misdeed in American history or in world history. Uh, the, The fact is that we should all rage against, prosecute, call for the imprisonment of those who are corrupt in their economic practices on Wall Street, in business, uh, in private dealings, in the caring for employees, in the treatment of laborers, corruption in those sorts of practices, corruption in banking, uh, etc. All that, all of that kind of corruption should be illegal, should absolutely be punished, and we should all be opposed to it. However, there's different. There's a difference between uh, insisting upon the prosecution of and the making illegal of corruption in the financial dealings and economic affairs on the one hand, and on the other hand, assuming that the acquisition of wealth at any level, particularly for the top 1%, is automatically the fruit of corruption, and that somehow if someone prospers, it is taking wealth out of the mouth of someone else, that poverty is a result Uh, amongst part of the society of another part of the society doing well. This can certainly be the case in some matters, especially where there's corruption, but it is not automatic. And one of the tenets of socialism, one of the tenets of uh, the communist movement that has been so tested in the last century or two, and I think has proven so wanting, is the idea that if wealth is accumulated into private hands, it is automatically the result of corruption. Uh, This is simply not the case. Again, where it is the case, it should be prosecuted, it should be exposed, it should be dealt with by the courts, etc. But to believe culture-wide, to believe throughout the society that the accumulation of wealth is automatically a fruit of corruption is wrong. I want to just give you some stats that will help you think this through a little bit because I think this is an essential part of our society. To be in the top 1% in the United States today, you need to make approximately 
approximately north of $300,000. Now, that that changes per state. If you're looking at the top 1% per state, for example, to be in the top 1% in Texas, you need to make $423,000 a year. To be in the top 1% in New Mexico, you need to make $241,000 a year. It goes on. In my home state of Tennessee, to be in the top 1%, you need to make $305,000. In South Carolina, you need to make $275,000, $378,000 in Florida, $379,000 in Washington State. You see how it goes. Uh, Almost throughout the entire United States, you need to make somewhere between three and four hundred thousand dollars to be in the top one percent. Uh, you probably don't want to live in uh, New York or Connecticut because it's many hundreds of thousands of dollars more. But you get the point. Somewhere north of three hundred thousand dollars on average, and you are in the top one percent. Now, I have to say, and please don't hear me being crass or callous, that that's not that much money. I think probably many of you, if you use the phrase, the top 1%, you assumed that uh, the top 1% would have to be multimillionaires. No, they don't. Um, The top 1% can be a fairly um, average earner who just invests well. Uh, The top 1% can be a a fairly, I mean, a a university professor who owns some some rental homes and invests well. You understand what I'm saying? This This does not have to be astronomical wealth. This is not Wall Street CEO kind of money. I'm not saying that 300000 is nothing. The most Americans don't make that much. I'm not trying to be callous. But I am saying that when you're talking about the top 1%, it's not that much money. And by the way, most of the crime that is prosecuted, most of the white collar crime does not happen at that income level. It happens at much, much higher income level. So when people take to the streets or when people go to Bernie Sanders rallies or when people just at a coffee shop express their view that the top 1% is the problem, well, the 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 fact is that they're I think they're just ill-informed uh, when it comes to the majority of that top 1%. Uh, statistics tend to show that most of the people in the top 1%, um, to put it in the old terms, pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. They didn't inherit money. Um, most of them paid their way at least partially through college. Uh, most of them worked jobs. Most of them invested well. Uh, surveys show that the average person making $300,000 a year or slightly more um, accumulated that through wise investments through getting degrees, through getting working their way up uh, the corporate ladder or whatever ladder they're in. I mean, there are university professors making 300,000. There are, um, you know, private business owners making that much. This is not this is not ridiculously high money. And so the idea that that people who make that kind of money are automatically corrupt, have automatically taken food out of the mouths of the poor um, and have are automatically doing a disservice to our society. It's it's just folly. Um, The reality is that that class of people makes a great deal possible. Um, They're the ones who put money into banks and save. They're the ones who invest in new business projects. They're the ones who take the risk of starting new business ventures. Um, 
Um, that's the income level that Steve Jobs was at uh, when he began to do the things that now have led to such fame and wealth. Um, that's the level many others were at uh, when they began to do the things that have now changed our society. Uh, these are the people who take the risks. Uh, when you enjoy a Starbucks, bear, be, bear in mind um, that it was a top one percenter uh, with with a vision, with with a with a dream just uh, to, to do something special in society that led to Starbucks. When you enjoy your favorite restaurant, more than likely, it's a, an investor or a group of investors pooling their money uh, to yes to increase that income, but also to do something meaningful in society. That's what motivates most uh, investors. They care about steak. They care about clothes. They care about cars. They care about motorcycles. They care about who knows, dance and yoga and exercise. Uh, they care about new medical procedures. They care about things that enhance your life. They want to create a new app that makes your iPad work better. Um, you understand what I'm saying there. Uh, there's some loud thunder. Uh, they want to do something, uh, yes, that increases their wealth, yes, that increases their reach, but also that serves you well. I am fine for people of every class to stumble around and work hard uh, to develop products that make my life better. <laughs> I'm happy for that. And I do not feel diminished by that. Now, if they've cheated, if they've been involved in scandal, if they're somehow given illegal kickbacks, if, if there are government officials somehow looking the other way, if uh, OSHA officials have been paid off or federal inspectors or trademark patent people have been paid off, as have sometimes been alleged, uh, then yes, that should be exposed and prosecuted, as I've already said. But most of these people are simply attempting to do well. By, by way of doing good. And I want to say that one of the reasons we need to get this cleared up very quickly uh, is that the, the millennials are some of the most entrepreneurial people ever to arise in America. There's no question the baby boomers were. They came to it late. Uh, they got into investment late, but they've done well. And uh, many of them have done incredibly well. The boomers tra absolutely transformed our world. But the, entrepreneur, the, uh, the uh, millennials are very much micro-entrepreneurs. Um, they're the ones giving us the, the various craft beer houses. They're the ones uh, feeding so much of the tech craze. They're the ones who uh, give us the unusual restaurants and the, uh, the, the places like Starbucks, even though it was not a millennial who started Starbucks, it's the millennials who feed it and who now have gone on to feed the coffee craze, the coffee house craze, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I could name hundreds of products the millennials are fueling. And, and certainly the wine and beer craze has just gone nuts. And, and that, of course, is almost all driven by entrepreneurs, not big houses. So we need to be careful about our rhetoric. We need to be careful that we're not slipping into a socialist kind of thinking. We need to be careful that we're not assuming that just because somebody makes $325,000 a year, and by the way, they might just make that one year and then drop and then rise. You never know. But just because they're making that kind of money uh, does not mean that they're automatically corrupt, that they're automatically robbing from society, and that they are uh, some kind of a scourge to be dealt with. Um, they, that is incorrect. Uh, I want to say, by the way, that Bernie Sanders has a has a has a wealth that's well beyond that level. Uh, is he to be shot? Is is he to be dealt with? Is is he some kind of scourge in the society? I would suggest that much of his rhetoric in the recent election was rather unwise, and that's not because you know I'm I'm a, I'm a well off person. It's because I think that he was he was going to choke uh, the wealth stream that has the power to increase uh, American prosperity and success at every level. And by the way, I could do a whole 
whole other podcast on the immigrants, the people who were boat people or, or came across our southern border or, or barely got into the United States through our immigration laws and then went on to, to do phenomenally well and, and enhance our lives. So there's a socialist kind of thinking that tends to treat the economic pie as though it's one size. And the more I have, the less you have. The more you have, the less I have. This is what leads to revolutions. This is what leads to class resentment. But that's not the case. Everybody who does well in this society is growing the economic pie. Uh, if I make 325000 and I'm not going to, of course, tell you in this podcast what I make a year, but if I make three I'm where am I spending that? I'm flying. I'm buying things. I'm giving gifts. I'm eating out. I'm going on vacations. I'm giving to my church. I'm giving to causes I care about. You understand what I'm saying? That money is going places. It's not sitting in a silo with a neon sign on it that says, isn't Stephen Mansfield rich? That's not not how it works. That money gets spent. That money gets investment. It gets invested. It's the money that you are loaned when you take out a loan. It's the money that you, your daughter gets when she works at the restaurant or that I give to a scholarship at the university or what have you. And I'm small potatoes. There are people with billions in this country who are doing exactly the same thing. So be where the socialists lie. Be where the artificiality of the line of 1%. And beware of demagogues. And I like Bernie Sanders to some extent, and certainly at a personal level. Um, but I'll have to say he stepped into demagoguery when he started hammering with the 1%, when, by the way, he's in the 1%. And trust me, the 1% is not a cancer in our society. It's actually doing us a lot of good. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.